Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to Babylon Talmud. Today we're studying Daf Chav Beis, Daf 22 of Masechta Erevin. Chav, it's a good Daf. What do you want me to tell you? Um, starts off with the continuation of the Agaritas from yesterday. Um, yeah, so I'm kind of into that. And then we get back to kind of Erevin-y kind of things, but nothing too crazy. We discuss um, maximum size for Pase Beiraos, which have kind of been coming up. And uh, Rishus Ayachid with Rishus Arabim passing through. Hmm, that came up the other day as well. So we're going to see the machlokas between Rabbi Yehuda and the Chachamim over there. Um, yeah, it's arguably interesting. Let us begin at the Chaf Aleph Amud Beis, all the uh, two lines from the bottom. Kfutzos of Taltalim knew the pasuk in Shirashirim says that um, his. Um, Hair is like wavy, curly, very nice, and shichorot kaorev and black like a raven. Says the Gemara, kvutsos of taltalim, his uh, like hair is like wavy and stuff. Amr of Chizda, Amr Marukva. So Chizda said the name of Marukva. You guys remember Marukva? He was like the Av Bezdin during the time of Shmuel. It teaches that on every single like, quotes is like a thorn, but I guess on on like it's like teaching about every like um, drop of each letter, you um, can learn piles and piles of halachis. So there's a lot to learn. It's almost like infinite, like never-ending amounts of stuff to learn in the Torah. They are black like a raven. Who do you find all these piles and piles of Torah? For somebody who wakes up early and stays up late uh, studying Torah. So that, that is how you will find all this Torah, by a fellow like that, right? And he learns that from Shchorot Ka'orev. It's like Shacharit Ve'arvit, um, morning and evening. Rabbah says it means that you find the Torah for somebody who blackens his face like the black face of a raven. I don't know what that means. What? Like he doesn't shower and stuff? And I don't know. I don't know. I guess he just studies hard. Rava Omar. Rava Atkizak. Hmm. It says Rava that you'll find the Torah for somebody who makes himself like evil, mean, like a, uh, what's it called? Like a, uh, I don't know. Somebody who's like, not very nice, very authoritative. Uh, I can't remember the word, but somebody who's like, uh, not very nice to his family about it. And Rashi points out like, like, like a raven, I guess, kind of ignores his, uh, children and has them fend for themselves. But if you want to succeed in Torah, that's what you got to do, says Rava. Kihadr of Adabar Masna, like Rav Adabar Masna, have a cause of Rav, he would go to study. Amr le Divisu, and his wife said to him, Yanuke didach, my avidu. How am I supposed to support these children of yours if you're just going to go out and study Torah all day? Amr la Mishlimu Kormi Ba'agma, he said, What? Is there no longer any wild vegetables that you can go forage by the swamp? Go forage wild vegetables at the swamp. I'm going to study Torah. Okay. Very nice. Let's go weiter, friends. Umishalim the son of Aponav la'avido. So the Pasuk says that, it, that if you have a nudnik, 
So then the Abishtar is going to uh, get him in big trouble. So what does it mean, Mshalim Lisonov Alpanov Lavido? How do you understand this Pasuk that he pays back to uh, his haters to um, like terminate them? So Amr of Yeshua ben Levi says of Yeshua ben Levi, Ilmulei Mikrokazubi Efshal Omo. If not for the fact that we have a pasuk that says this, we would be unable to say such a uh, su- such an extreme thing about somebody's relationship with God, which is Kaviachol Kaadim Shonosei Masui Al Panov. It's like you have a person who is carrying a heavy burden on his face. That sounds very very uncomfortable. Mavakish Tashlichom Menu, and obviously he then wants to throw this burden off of his face. Right, so this is a reference to somebody who views his relationship with God um, so unfavorably that it's as if he has something very, very heavy on his face that all he wants to do is remove it. Lo lesono, and then the Abishter will not delay in hating this fellow back. So the Abishter doesn't um, pay back. So the Abishter pays back to these haters, um, um, you know, immediately. Lo yacher, he will not delay. However, for tzaddikim, their reward comes in the future in Olam Abba. Fa'anu Dhamma Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, his Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi says, what does the Pasuk say? Right, it's actually the, the Pasuk right next to it, immediately following it in the Torah. That I command you today to do them. Do them today. Don't do them tomorrow. Do them today, and you will collect the reward later on in the future. Wow. So Reb Chagai, and some say it's Reb Shmuel Banachmani, said, what does the Pasuk mean when it says Erech Apayim? That the Ebishter kind of takes a long time with his, um, I guess, displeasure, but Apayim is uh, plural. Only for the Rishayim, right? He only gets angry at the evildoers, right? So, no, I'm sorry. I guess it should be really for the Tzadikim. That, that he is, is, is long and patient on his anger. So, no, that, he, that, right, that he's patient both for the um, Tzadikim as well as for the Rishayim. I guess unlike the previous explanation where, um, you know, the Ebishter is lo yacher, he will immediately punish those nudniks. But um, this this drush is saying that no, the Abishtar also has patience for the nudniks. Yehuda Omer, Ad So Yehuda had said in our Mishnah that the maximum size of a, a Pase Beiros is a base Sa'asayim, um, two Sa'as worth. Now, I, I, I had confused myself a little bit, I think. Base, you know, base Sa'asayim is... Well, a base sa'a, one sa'a is 2,500 square amos. I was thinking like 2,500 times 2,500, which is really quite large. But no, it's actually my mistake. It's, it's 50 amos by 50 amos, which is then, um, 2,500 square amos, like an area of 2,500 amos. But it's, um, basically 50 amos by 50 amos. So now a base sa'a sign would be twice that. So we're actually going to see machlokas between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Lazar Reb Shimon. No, Reb Shimon ben Elazar about um, if this is ke'ilu, like an area of 100 amos by 50 amos, ke'ilu, if you take 150 area, right, 50 by 50 space, and then attach another one to it, so essentially you have one area that is 100 
amas by 50 amas? Or are we talking about one area that is 70 and two-thirds amas by 70 and two-thirds amas, i.e. is it square or is it rectangular? What do you guys think? Friends, let's move on. Um, so they want to know, They want to know that when Rabbi Yehuda says that the maximum size for a Pasebeiros um, is a base Sa'asayim, is that saying that the bore itself, the watering hole itself, can be the size of a base Sa'asayim? And then the Pasebeiros is in addition to that, is external to that? Or do we say that the entire area, the gross area, must be a base sasaim, including the bore, including the area outside in the passe beiros, that is all a maximum base sasaim. So that's the question. Is it just the bore itself that, you know, is the, is, is limited to a base sasaim? You can have the passe beiros outside of that in addition to the base sasaim? Or is the passe beiros included in this maximum base sasaim? That is what the Gemara wants to know. Ibailu, the Asakasha, I'm going to read that again. Bor, Ufas, and Kamar, are they saying that the maximum size, according to Behuda, of a base Asayim includes the bor as well as the, um, Pasibiros? Odilma, Bor, Vilopas, and Kamar, or maybe just the bor has a maximum size of base Asayim, and then you can construct the Pasibiros around that. What's the, what's the difference in, in perspective? Well, do we say, Adam that what the person is really paying attention to is the bore, is the watering hole itself. And we're not concerned that, that, um, he's gonna be looking at the area outside of the pit, i.e., the, um, Pasebeiros, and say, well, this, you know, when we take into account not just the pit, but also, right, the bore, but also the, Pase Beiraos, it's actually larger than a base Asaim and say, oh, well, I guess then maybe in a Karpaf, which is an unresidential space, which is limited by a base Asaim, well, he might come to the mistaken conclusion that, well, since my Pase Beiraos are larger than a base Asaim, because just the bore itself is the base Asaim, but then the Pase Beiraos is constructed outside of that, right? So then he might say, oh, well, I guess a Karpaf also could be larger than a base Asaim. So are we concerned about is he going to look at the area outside of the pit or just the pit itself? So let's read it. So let's read that again. Right. So do we say that, um, right. Do we say that all he looks at is the pit itself and therefore the pit itself, the bore itself could be a base asayim. And we're not concerned that he's going to look outside of that and then draw the mistaken conclusion that a karpaf could be larger than a base asayim. Odilma, or maybe, Adam no or maybe we actually say that what the person is looking at is the, the, the walls. In, the, in this case, the Pase And therefore, And therefore, we're concerned that if we allow the Pase Beiros to be, um, in addition to the Beisa Asayim of the boar, well, then he might end up making a Karpaf that is larger than a Beisa Asayim. So, Chevre, that is the question that we're trying to answer. Now, Yehuda's maximum size of a base sasaim is that for the pit, for the bore, but the uh, pasebiros can be built outside of that and even larger than a base sasaim, or is the maximum size of a base sasaim including the pasebiros, tashma, come in here, kamein mikoravin. 
What is the minimum size of a Pasei Beiros? Kedei Rosh of Ruba Shalpara, um, large enough that the head and most of the body of a cow can get in there to drink. And we've seen this Brisa before. What is the maximum size of a Pasei Beiros? So it can be really quite large. One core is 30 Sa'a, so that's 15 times a base Sa'a And then he says even two core, which is, you know, even larger than that. So, so, I mean, twice that. So, basically very large, according to the Tanakama. Rebuta, Omer says, Rebuta, Pesa Asayim, Mutu Yosem, Pesa Asayim, Asr. Rebuta says there is a maximum of a Pesa Asayim in terms of the larger extreme of how large a Pasibiros can be. Amulod Rabbi Yehuda, they said to Rabbi Yehuda, Yata Modeh, Badir Vesayim, Muktzev Chatzah, Afilu Beis Chameshes Korim, Uvesa Sayres Korim Shemuter. So the Tan, so the Chacham said to Rabbiuda, they said, Rabbiuda, don't you admit that when it comes to a deer and a sahar, which were these like, um, area for sheep, that's also residential because the shepherd will sleep there. Muktzevachatzer, a backyard and a front yard, right? These are residential spaces. These are Rishusayachids. And they can be however large you want them to be. Afilubes chameshes korim, uves asayres korim. They could be five core, ten core. These are very large spaces. Shemuter, right? Because as long as it's a residential space and it's a rishusayachid, it could be larger than a base sasai. However, if it's a non-residential space, then there's a cap of, of, of a base sasai. So what the Chacham are saying to Abiyuda, they're saying, why are you capping the pasibiros at a base sasai? You must admit that by residential spaces, they can be larger than a base sasai. And this is a residential space, as we've seen in the past. Rashi explained because um, it's for drinking. Drinking is a residential thing. Amrlaim, Rabbi said to them, "Zomichitza ve'elupasin." So his response was, "Yeah, but when it comes to my front yard and my backyard, so I have proper walls over here. Over there, over here, we're just talking about um, pase beiros, which is not a proper wall, and therefore uh, it will be limited to a base size. So I'm fine." Now, Rabshim ben Elazar Omer says Rabshim ben Elazar bor beisasaim abeisasaim muter. That says Rabshim ben Elazar that a bor that so that is beisasaim by a beisasaim kilu all it's square and it's seventy. So that that would essentially be seventy and two thirds amos by seventy and two thirds amos would equal um, five thousand um, square amos, which is a beisasaim. So he says that if the bore itself, you hear that friends? That according to Bishim ben Elazar, if the bore itself is a base asayim, so then it's mutter, i.e. So it can't be larger than that, but that also means that the Pase Beiraos are in addition to that. So v'lo amu laharchek elikadei rosh of ruba shopara, and I guess... Um, uh, are saying that, you know, the, I guess the, the minimum amount of, um, oh, is that what he's saying? Oh, then maybe he's saying that kilo, and then outside of the pit, you can only, um, have an area the size of Rosh of Ruba of the Para, I guess. Okay, it's, it's not as important for, right, cause, cause in the, in the ratio, the Tanakama was saying, what's the minimum size of Rosh of Ruba? Could be that Rabbi Shimon ben Lazar is saying is that, is that then, you know, if you have a pit that is already a base sa'asayim, so then the um, pasibiros, which is in addition, to, in addition to that, would only be allowed to be 
Rosh Ruba Shalpara. Okay, fine. But nonetheless, what's the point for us? The point for us is that according to Rib Shimon ben Elazar, and when we say Beisa Asayim, it's only the pit and the um, Paseberos are in addition to that. Hamidikam Rib Shimon ben Elazar bore Vilopasin. From the fact that Rib Shimon ben Elazar says that the maximum of Beisa Asayim is only the pit, so Michlal, the Rabbi Yehuda, bore Ufas and Kamar. So if Rabbi Yehuda is arguing with Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar, then he must, his opinion must be that the maximum size of a Paseberos includes the Paseberos, which means that the bore is going to have to be less than um, um, base Sasaim. Vilohi, the Gemara says, no, it's not true. Rabbi Yehuda bore Vilo Pas and Kamar. No, Rabbi Yehuda is actually saying that the maximum of base Sasaim is just the bore. You can build the Pasibiros in addition to the boar. Yahi, if that's the case, But then he's saying the same thing as Rabshim ben Elazar, which is that the maximum of a Besasaim is just the boar. The Pasibiros are in addition to that. So Ikibinayu Arach Vikatin. So the Nafkamina is um, does the um Besasaim have to be exact does it have to be square? According to Rabshim ben Elazar, he says yes, it would have to be square, right? He, what did he say? He said, right, bore base sasayim, a base sasayim. Right, that it has to be the same, all, all sides have to be the same, which would be 70 and two-thirds amas. Whereas Rabbi Yehuda would say, no, it just has to have a maximum, the board just has to have a maximum area of uh, base sasayim, which is 5,000 square amas. However, they could be rectangular, they don't have to be square. Okay, fine. But both Rishim ben Elazar and Rabbi Yehuda would agree that the base Sasaim is referring to just the boar. The Pasibir also would be in addition to that. said a general rule Whenever you have a space that is for inhabiting, that is residential, such as these places for the sheep where the shepherd sleeps, as well as a front yard, a backyard. So even if it was five core or ten core, these very large areas, it would be considered a shayachid, it's no problem. So mutter. Also, as we saw the other day, however, um, something that it's tashmishas la'avir, that you build this, this rishus ayachid, but only to kind of spare you from the elements, right? If you're this, this guard of the fields and it's very hot outside, so you build this space just so that you can stay out of the sun, but not because, as Rashi says, right, to go in and out all the time, this is where the person lives. But these borginin, they're really just when it's too hot, you go in there to get out of the sun, but it's not really a residential space. So then you would have a maximum of a base sa'asayim for that space. New Mishnah. Rabbi Yehuda Omer says, Rabbi Yehuda, Imaya Derech, Rishusarabim, Mafsaktan, Isalkenna, Litzdadan, Vachacham Omim, Enotzarech. We've seen this, Brysa, before. We saw it. When did we see it, friends? Was it two days ago, Lamaisa? I think so. Why not? Yeah, two days ago, so, so, Rebuta says that if you have these Paseberos and you have Rishus Arabim passing through the Paseberos, so what you should do is you should divert the Rishus Arabim so that it goes around the Paseberos because if the Rishus Arabim passes through the Paseberos, um, it will no longer be a Rishus Ayachid. Whereas the Chachamim say, um, it's no problem. You can have the Rishus Arabim pass through the Paseberos 
and uh, it still remains you could still use it, take water out of the well, into the Pasaberos, no problem. Rabbi Yochanan, says the Gemara, Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Lazar, we saw this on Davchaf, Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Lazar, the Amitavari, they both say, that over here you see just how strong these walls are, that even if Rishus HaRabim passes through them according to the Chachamim, they still remain in Rishus HaYachid. Kanu Question mark? Right, the question, so the Gemara asks, wait, so Rabbi, so, so Rabbi Yochanan just said, that we see over here that according to the Chachamim, these walls of the Pasibiros are so strong that even though the Rishon Sarabim passes through, they still remain in Rishon Sayyachid. Okay? But however, we seem to see that according to Yochanan, he disagrees with this. He would say that if Rishon Sarabim passes through, it would actually be, make it, uh, Rishon Sarabim. It would be a problem. Right? That when it comes to the city of Jerusalem, if not for the fact that it has gates that get closed at night, well then it would be considered Rosh Hashanah, it would be Chayav for carrying it there on Shabbos. So we see that according to Rabbi Yochanan, if you have an area that a Rosh Hashanah passes through, well that would make it a Rosh Hashanah. So even though he's saying that we see according to the Chacham how strong these walls of the Pasebeiros are, that even though Rosh Hashanah passes through, it still remains Rosh Hashanah. Nonetheless, apparently he wouldn't hold that way because it says that the only reason why you can carry in Jerusalem is because there are doors that they can close at night. But if not, the fact that the pass that right, right that a, a street uh, a road kind of goes through it would create an issue. So we see that okay, even though he's explaining the opinion of the rabbis, he doesn't actually hold like the opinion of the rabbis, and he would say that if Rosh Hashanah passes through, this Rosh Hashanah it would be a problem. Virami Drab Yehuda Drab Yehuda Virami Drabanan Drabanan the Gemara says, look, we have a problem because we could bring a kasha from another context in which Rabbi Yehuda seems to be saying the exact opposite and the Chacham seems to be saying the exact opposite. What does this mean? Titania, as we learn in a Brisa, Yasra Kenam Rabbi Yehuda, we've seen this Brisa so many times, Mishahayulo Shnei Batim, Mishnei Tzidei Rishusarabim, that somebody who has a house, we've seen it like a few times in Shabbos, we've seen it like Mesechta Shabbos, we've seen it a few times already now in Mesechta Erevin, somebody who has, um, owns houses on either side of Rishusarabim, Oselechi Mikan, Velechi Mikan, Okorim Mikan, Vikorim Mikan, Venosi Venosin Beemsa, Rabbi Yehuda says, all you have to do is just put a Lechi on both sides, of the, you know, where the road enters in and leaves the, this area. So you just take a lechi and put it at the entrance on one house and then, uh, by the exit at that same house on the other end. Or a kora from one house to the other on both ends. You can then, uh, carry in the middle. You've made a rishus ha yachid. And the Rabbanit say, no, you can't make an Erev in Rosh Hashanah like this. So this is a, Rabbi Yudah is contradicting himself and the Rabbanit is contradicting himself. Meaning, in our mission, Rabbi Yudah says that you can't have the Rosh Hashanah passing through the Pasebiro, so that would be a problem. Yet, he seems to be saying this other Mishnah, Oh yeah, there's a highway going through like this area that you have a house on either side, no problem. So it's just just make sure to put up lechis or koras. So it's just sayachid, right? So I don't understand. How come over here by Pasebe Rose, he's saying that you have to divert the Rishasarab, yet he has no problem with the highway going through this area between his two houses. 
And the Rabbanan, in this case, they're saying it's no problem if the Rosh Hashanah passes through the Pasebeiros, yet they're responding to Abiyuda in that other case and saying you can't make an error of Rosh Hashanah by putting up a lechi on either side of this area where the highway passes between the houses. So the Abiyuda had Abiyuda Lokasha. So the Gemara says, no, it's no question. So the Gemara says, no, it's different. The case where you have the two houses, one on either side of Rosh Hashanah, well, uh, one on either side of this highway, which is Rosh Hashanah, so then you have two real walls, Mamish walls of your house. Those are real walls. And therefore, that's going to make it a Rosh Hashanah. Over here, we're talking about like interesting kind of walls. Walls that you have two L, they have L's in the four corners, but they're not, you know, it's basically mostly space. So here, if Rosh Hashanah passes through, it's going to be a problem. But when you have a house on either side of Rosh Hashanah, and it's like real walls, then that'll be Rosh Hashanah. Just put up some lechis. Very interesting. There's this concept of shame dalad mechitzes, right? It, 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 it has sort of the name of four walls. Meaning, when it comes to the Pasa Beiros, sure, they might be mostly space, but there's the delineation of four walls, right? Each wall has an ama at either end of it, and then the middle is space. But it, you could see the demarcation of four walls. Whereas when you just have two walls of your house and a highway passing right between, you don't have shame dalad mechitzes. You just have two walls on either side of a highway. That will be a problem. But by Pasebe Rose, where you have shame dalad mechitzes, so then even though the Rishus Arabim passes through, it would still be enough to consider Rishus Ayachid and you can draw water from the well. No problem. The entire Eretz Yisrael is Rishus Hayachid Midoraisa, according to Reb Yitzchak Bar Yosef in the name of Reb Yochanan. All of Eretz Yisrael ain chayav nadeh mishum mishusarabim. You are not going to be chayav a korban chatas for carrying a mishusarabim. Very interesting, right? Yosef Reb Dimi v'kamer la la'ashmaita. So Reb Dimi was sitting and he was saying this teaching of Reb Yochanan that all of Eretz Yisrael you're not chayav for mishusarabim. Amalei Abayil Reb Dimi my timer. So Abaye said to Ravdimi, he says, how come? How come in the entire Eretz Yisrael you're not chayev for Shusarabim? If you're going to make the argument, well, because in the north of Eretz Yisrael there's this steep mountain range and in the south of Eretz Yisrael there's some kind of valley that's lower than Tvachim, so the mountains are higher than Tvachim, the valley area is lower than Tvachim, and therefore... Uh, it kind of creates these mechitzes surrounding it, these two mechitzes. So therefore, it's consider- it's not considered Rosh Hashanah. Bavonami makifla paras mehach gisa vidiglas mehach gisa. But Bavl also, you could say, look, on one side of Bavl you have the Euphrates River. On the other side of Bavl you have the Tigris River. And those should be able to be, you know, the tenth fachim deep, four by fourth fachim wide. You should be able to say that those are mechitzes. Say that the entire bubble is surrounded by walls as well, or at least at least two walls. And if you say two walls is enough, so then say that midoraiz it's not a rishasarabim, and you should be able to carry an olive bubble at least midoraiz on Shabbos. And then the Gemara says, why stop there? The entire world 
All the land in the entire world is surrounded by oceans. So maybe there shouldn't be any Rishus Arabims in the entire world. Very interesting, right? Dilma Milos Mordos Kamart. So then Abai suggests maybe what you're talking about is not all of Eretz Yisrael's Rishus Arabim. Maybe what it is not a Rishus Arabim. Maybe what it means is just that like the steep ranges that, that have like steep mountains and inclines and declines because those are um, inconvenient and difficult to walk over there, they are not considered Rishus Arabim because there isn't enough foot, foot traffic. Maybe that is what Rabbi Yochanan was talking about, that the like, you know, ma'alot and mordota, inclines and declines in Eretz Yisrael, where it's not convenient to walk, those would not be considered Rishus Arabim. And listen to what Ravdimi responds to Abaye. Omar Lai Ravdimi says, Karkafna chazise l'reshech be'amude ki amu Rabbi Yochanan la'ashmaita. Ravdimi says, Abaye, you genius. I knew I saw you hiding among the pillars of the base Medrash when Rabbi Yochanan was teaching the sugya. I.e., I mean, obviously Abaye wasn't there, but he was saying, Abaye, you are 1000% correct. You must have been there when Rabbi Yochanan taught this because that's exactly what he was saying. That, um, right, it's not that all of Eretz Yisrael is considered a Rishus HaYachid Midoraisa. Rather, he's saying, right, in the areas where it's very difficult to traverse, so those would not be considered Rishus HaRabim. Uh, however, you know, just Rishus, uh, Eretz Yisrael in general, certainly you can have areas that qualify as a Rishus HaRabim. Itmar Nami was also stated, Kiyasa Ravin. These steep inclines and declines in Eretz Yisrael in Chayavan Aleim Mishum Rishus Arabim Lifishenant Kedigle Midbar. You will not be Chayav for them as a Rishus Arabim since they are not like the flags in the desert. The flags in the desert were in an open area that was convenient to walk uh, and was flat, as Rashi points out. That you had the um, what was it the Aron would like uh, flatten the. Uh, Osha Anan Mashva Osa, that the Anan, the cloud, would um, flatten out all the mountains and everything for them, so it was flat. So therefore, steep inclines and declines would not be like the um, flags of the encampments in the Midbar, and therefore, they would not be Rishus Arabim. Ba Mine Rachba Rava. So Rachba asked the following question from Rava: Telemislaket Asarimitoch Arba. Okay, this is a sugya that's come up a few times recently. If you have a mound, and the mound um, rises to a height of 10 tefachim over a slope of 4 amos. Okay? So, ten, essentially what you have is uh, an area that's 10 tefachim tall, and the assumption is that it's also 4 tefachim by 4 tefachim wide. So it's a rishasayachit. Right? Now, it only, but however, it only rises to a height of 10 tefachim gradually. So we say that as long as it rises to this height of 10 tefachim, over a slope of four amos or less, over an incline, you know, over a course of four amos or less. So, and there's dalad al dalad, I guess, probably by the top. So then, um, it's a Rishasayachid. Okay? Fine. So, Virabim Bokenbo. Now, what's interesting about this uh, mound is that lots of people walk, uh, walk, you know, walk on this mound. So, Chayavan Alav Mishum Rishasayachid Mu'in Chayavan Alav Alav. So the question is, do we still consider this a Rishasayachid, or maybe we'll consider Rishasarabim? The Nafkamina is, if you carry on these four Amos, would you, if you carry Dalad Amos on this mound, 
Would you be chayef? So on the one hand, we say it's a rishus ayachid because it's 10 tefachim tall, 4 by 4 tefachim wide. So it's a rishus ayachid, so you can carry there. But on the other hand, lots of people are walking around over there. Maybe it makes it, maybe it's mavato the rishus ayachid. Now it's a rishus arabim, and you'll be chayef if you carry there. And what do you guys think? Okay, so certainly according to the Rabbanan, there's no question. Meaning, what do they say by Pasi Beiros? You can have Rosh Hashanah passing through and it's no problem. Even when it comes to Pasi Beiros, where it's very easy and convenient to walk there. It's flat land. If anything, right, there's even water over there. It's an attraction. Lots of people are passing through. And yet they say, the fact that Rosh Hashanah is passing through is not going to be Mavato the Pasei Beiros. It's still a good Rosh Hashanah. So then certainly over here, where you have to actually climb onto this mound, certainly they're going to say that it remains a Rosh Hashanah because it's, you know, you know, in this case, it's, it's, it's even less convenient to go to this Rosh Hashanah. So certainly it's going to be Rosh Hashanah and you're not going to be Chayv. If you carry. Certainly over here by this mound where it's not convenient to walk there. So then it will remain However, I believe that this is Rachba continuing and saying, but really what the question is, is the Libra Rabbi Yehuda. What would Rabbi Yehuda say in this case? My. So maybe according to Rabbi Yehuda, we, we can argue that maybe Rabbi Yehuda's opinion would be that when it comes to Pasei Beiros, which is very convenient for people to walk there, so it would be a problem if Rosh Hashanah passes through. Therefore, he says, divert Rosh Hashanah. However, maybe over here by this mound, which is a Rosh Hashanah, but lots of people can pass through, but it's inconvenient to pass through. Maybe we'll say that maybe Rabbi Yehuda will say that it remains a Rosh Hashanah. Or maybe it makes no difference. And just like by the Pasei Beiros, the, 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 the Rabbim will mess it up. So here also the Rabbim will mess it up. Amrle Chayavin. Rabbah says, yeah, according to a beauty, you're going to be Chayav, i.e. it's a Rishus Rabbim. Just like by the Pasa Beiros, the, um, Rishus Rabbim passing through is a problem and messes up the Rishus Ayachid. So here also by this mound, you're going to be Chayav, it's going to be Rishus Rabbim. Vafilu Odenlo Bechevel. What if you have to, says Rabbah, what, he asks him, asks Rabbah, what if you have to, Climb onto this mound with a rope. That's like really inconvenient. Amrle in. He says, yeah, it makes no difference. It's still going to be a rishus arabim since the public can get there. What about these steps of base marun, which were very steep and you had to travel, you had to climb them one at a time, i.e., it's certainly not convenient for people to get up there. In. Rava says, yeah, it makes no difference. Um, according to Yehuda, the fact that it's in a public area and the public has access to it, Will mess up this Rishus Ayachid status. Eisve, Rachba then asks Akasha against Rava. Chatzur Sharabim Nichnasin La La Bazal Biosin Bazal Rishus Ayachid Tuma Rishus Ayachid the Shabbos. If you have a Chatzur, now we saw this in Daf Chesim Ralef at the bottom. So if you have a Chatzur, you have a courtyard. Now what's interesting about this courtyard is that you can actually enter into the courtyard on one side and leave and exit the courtyard on the other side. So, and you have the public, and they use this courtyard as like a shortcut, right? They come in on one side and exit on the other side. So we say it's a Rosh Hashanah the Tumah, Rosh Hashanah the Shabbos, that Legabi Tumah we treat it as a Rosh Hashanah in terms of, you know, a Suffolk Tumah Rosh Hashanah is Potter. So in terms of Tumah, we treat it as a Rosh Hashanah. But in terms of 
Shabbos is Rishus Hayachid. Okay, fine. So what do we see? So we have Rishus Hayachid that the Rabbim uses it and passes through, and we're saying that it remains a Rishus Hayachid. Fine. Money. Now, who is no? Whose opinion is this that it remains Rishus Hayachid? Ilim Rabbanon. Well, if we're going to say it's the Rabbanon, well, sure, that makes sense. Yeah. The thing is, according to Rabbanon, it's a little bit too obvious. According to the Rabbanon, even by Pasiberos, where it's super convenient to walk through the Pasiberos, they still say that the, that the people walking through it are not Mavatal, the Rishus Sayachid. Well, and certainly, in this case of the Chatzar, where, you know, they're, it's, it, they're, it's mostly closed, and there's just two doors kind of opening into it, and it's not as easy to get in. Certainly, the Rabbana are going to say that it remains a Rishus Hayachid. There's, there's no question there, so they wouldn't even have to say that over here that it remains a Rishus Hayachid. So, Elav, Rabbi, Rabbi Yehuda, so rather, says Rachba, you must have to conclude that this is the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. And what he's saying is that by a Pasi since it's super convenient to walk through there, that is why the Rabbim will be Mavatal, the Mechitza, and it will no longer be Rishus Hayachid. However, by this Chatzar, that it's difficult to get in, so apparently Rabbi Yudah is saying that it remains a Rishus Hayachid, even though the, the Rabbim can get in. So the Gemara says, Lo, Lo'olam Rabbanan, Rishus Hayachid, Tumah, it's So the Gemara answers, No, Rabbi Yudah maintains that even if it's difficult and inconvenient to get into this, Rishus Hayachid, um, it would still be considered a Rishus Harabim since the Rabbim can get in. So then what's Pshat and how come the Chacham, what's the Chiddush over here? Obviously the Chacham would say that is a Rishus Hayachid. They even say that it Pasiberos is a Rishus Hayachid if the Rabbim passes through. So the Chiddush is not to teach that it's a Rishus Hayachid on Shabbos. That's obvious. We know that from the Pasiberos. The Chiddush according to the Rabbanon is that in terms of Tumah, it would be considered Rishus Arabim. That is the Chiddush that the Rabbanu want to teach. But um, in terms of Shabbos, there's no Chidushim over here. The Rabbanu would say, it's Rishus Hayachid, even if the Rabbim passed through it. Rabbi Yudu would say that since the Rabbim passed through it, it's not a Rishus Hayachid. Okay, the Gemara asks two more questions against Rava. Right, Rava who maintains that according to Rabbi Yehuda, if you have Rabbim passing through a Rishus Hayachid, then it will be mavatel, the Rishus Hayachid, no matter how inconvenient it is for these people to pass through. So says the Gemara, Tashma mavos ha-mefulashos b'baros b'shichon that if you have a mavuya mefulash, a mavuya that's open on both ends, inside of a pit or inside of a ditch or inside of a cave. You're going to have to understand what that means. So Rishus Hayachid, the Shabbos, Rishus Harabim, the Tumah, it's considered Rishus Hayachid in terms of Shabbos and Rishus Harabim in terms of Tumah. Now, one second, do you really think that it means that we're talking about a mavui inside of a pit? Like, the whole point is that a mavui goes from Rishus Arabim to Rishus Arabim, that it opens up on both sides of Rishus Arabim. How can that be if you're like inside of a pit? So, no, so rather what it means is that it opens up into a pit, which means you have a mavui and a foolish, but on one end of it is a big pit that you could fall in. So, in that case, we're saying what? Rishus Hayachid, the Shabbos, Rishus Arabim, the Tumah. So, Rishus Hayachid for Shabbos, 
And it's Rishus HaRabim in terms of Tumah. And what's interesting about this pit being at the end is that because it's like 10 Tfachim deep, so, and like 4 by 4 Tfachim wide, so a Kilu creates like walls and stuff, and therefore it's not considered a Mavi, I'm a foolish anymore. Fine, so it's considered Rishus HaYachid. And we're saying that even though the Rabim can pass through over there, nonetheless, it remains a Rishus HaYachid. Okay. We're saying Rishus Ayachin, the Shabbos Rishus Arabim, the Tumah. Mani, now who's the author of this Mishnah? Ilema Rabbanan. If it's the Rabbanan, and they're saying that in this Mavui with the pit, so it, it, it's Rishus Ayachin. So Hashdom Ma'asim, the Nichatash Mishtei, Amre, Loasi Rabim, Mavadila. Well, by the Pasibaros, where it's convenient to pass through, they say that it nonetheless remains a Rishus HaYachid. Then over here, where it's inconvenient to pass through this Mavoy that has a pit at the end of it, so certainly it's going to remain a Rishus HaYachid. Rather, it must be the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. And he's saying that's, that because it's inconvenient to pass through this Mavoy with the pit, that is why it's a Rishus HaYachid. And we see it's a Kashan Rava that when you have a Rishus HaYachid, that is inconvenient for the Rabbim to pass through, it remains a Rishus HaYachid. Lo, the Olam Rabbanon, not really, it's the Rabbi's opinion. Why do I need to teach this according to the Rabbis? Obviously, it's a Rishus HaYachid. So, Rishus HaRabim, the Tumet, but once again, the Chiddush is just that, about, not about the fact that it's a Rishus HaYachid. We know according to the Rabbis, it would be a Rishus HaYachid, even if lots of people can pass through. The Chiddush was that it's a Rishus HaRabim for Tumah. Fine. Tashma, Kamenir, Shvile, Beis Gilgul, when it comes to these paths of uh, Beis Gilgal, which was like these very steep mountains, and similar to them, the Shabbos, the Tumah, they were in terms of Shabbos, but not for Tumah. Bezu Shvile Beis Gilgal, what are these Shvile Beis Gilgal? Amr Amr Dvei Rabbianai Kol Sheina Over Haever Yachol Litol Saw Shalchitin Viaritz Lifnei Sardiot. Right? It's it, it's it's um these what's defi- defining about the Shvile Gilgal is that a slave would be unable to take a um, sa'a of wheat and run in front of a, like, um, officer over there. Meaning that it's difficult to maneuver over there and to walk over there. So we're saying that it's inconvenient to walk there and it's considered a, um, Rishus Hayachid for Shabbos. So Mani, who's the author, author of this Mishnah or Brisa? Ilema Rabbanan, if we say it's the Rabbis, Hashto Mahasam Dinicha Tashmishta, Amir Rabbanan Lo Asi Rabbim Vatle La Mechitzdacha, Dlonicha Tashmishta La Koshikin, if by the Pase Beros, where it's convenient, to walk through, they say that it remains a Rishus Hayachid. Certainly over here, where it's inconvenient to walk, they will maintain that it's a Rishus Hayachid. Rather, it must be teaching that according to Rabbi Yehuda, um, if it's inconvenient to walk somewhere, then it can continue to be a Rishus Hayachid. Omar lay, so Rava said, Shvili Beis Gilgul Kamar, are you asking me about from the Shvili Beis Gilgul, from these steep paths? Yoshua Oiv Yisrael Haya. Yoshua, Moshe's successor, was a big lover of Israel. And he went and constructed for them um, roads and highways. Any place that was convenient to walk. So he gave it into the uh, possession of the public. But if it was inconvenient to walk over there, he gave it over to individuals. And therefore, these mountain, these um, Shvile Beis Gilgul, were very inconvenient to walk there, and therefore he gave it over to to the um, individuals, 
and therefore they can kind of control who comes in and who comes out, and that's why it maintains a rishus hayachid status, even according to Rabbi Yehuda. But in general, according to Rabbi Yehuda, if the Rabbim would pass the rishus hayachid, it would um, lose its rishus hayachid status. That was the Afchav base of Masechta Erevin. Let us do a review. So at the beginning, we had some um, Agadita about Torah and Sadiqim and Rishayim. Very interesting stuff. And then we talked about the maximum size for Pase Beiraos, right? We know, of course, according to the Chacham, they could be, the Pase Beiraos can be any size. According to Yehuda, it's a maximum of, um, base Sa'asayim, two base Sa'a. Now, according to Yehuda, those two base Sa'a are just of the well itself. They can be two, uh, uh, right, two Sa'a. And they don't have to be square, right? It could be like a hundred Amos on one end, on one side, and fifty Amos on the other side. Rabbi ben Elazar says that um, also two base sa'a, however, it would have to be square, right? So it would be like 70 and two-thirds amas on each side of this, uh, of the size of the of the pit itself, of the bore. Now, we got into the sugya of a Rosh that has a Rosh Hashanah passing through it. And we saw the machlokas between Rabbi Yudah and the Chacham. Basically, I think you could break down the machlokas in the following way. According to Rabbi says, look, as long as there are two real walls, then it's a Rosh However, if there aren't two real walls, well, then it's going to be considered a Rishus Harabim. And that is why, since there aren't two real walls, if the Rabbim passes through, so then it's not going to be a Rishus HaYachid anymore. Whereas, when he says that you have two homes, one on either side of Rishus HaYachid, of Rishus HaRabim, just put up two lechis and, and then you can walk there. Because there's two, you could, you know, carry them because there's two real walls. The Chacham say, you don't need two real walls, but you do need shame dalad mechitzos. You need the name of like four walls, right? And as long as, such as by Pasebe Rose, you have the outlines of four walls, then that would be um, enough, right? You have one ama on each end of the wall. That's enough. And even if the Rishus Arabim passes through, it will remain a Rishus Hayachid. However, if you do not have shame dalad mechitzos, well, then it would be considered a Rishus Arabim, as we see by the houses on either side of, of the highway, that he said to the to Rabbi Yehuda that you can't make an uh, Erev in Rishus Arabim like this. Chavit, that was the Avchav Beis. I hope you enjoyed it. Hope you have a great day. Peace out.